I think of the question of, of the church's relationship to the world, I'm automatically taken back to seminary days and I can, I can picture this, the scene of sitting in Christian ethics class um, under uh, Stanley Hauerwas. Now Stanley Hauerwas, for any of you have, who have encountered him or read his work, is quite the character and so there are a number of stories that come to mind when anyone mentions him, but in terms of this question of the church's relationship to the world, I automatically hear Harawas with his kind of twangy Texan voice um, saying that the church must be the church or the world is already damned. It's a blunt statement, but Harawas is blunt and I think he's right. The church has to be faithful, otherwise the world who relies on the church to give it the gospel is already in deep, deep trouble. And I think that's something that should give us pause as Christians and how we relate to the world. In what we do with the world, how are we being faithful? In ways that we encounter the world, how are we in fact proclaiming Christ and, and in, in fact proclaiming the fullness of the gospel? How often do we find ourselves simply describing some religion of niceness when we could actually be proclaiming the gospel that liberates? So the question is, there are a number of questions, but the, one of the top questions, I think, is the definition of the term the world. Um, we have in numerous places in Scripture, the world is mentioned. In fact, God created the world. Um, Jesus came that the world might have life, as, as it said in the third chapter of John. It might, not, it might not just have life, but have eternal life. So the world, as in people or the created order, isn't necessarily the problem. But in, in John's writings, in the Apostle John's writings, he also uses the term the world to describe those who are in opposition to God and those who are in opposition to God's ways. So that's a different concept than simply the, the, those people who don't happen to have church membership or those people who have not heard the gospel. It's, it's the world is anyone caught up in opposition to God. And of course, that could be opposition to God that's intentional or unintentional. What is that which is in fact in opposition to God and God's ways? And that brings a whole other level to the, of complexity to the question of how the church, as the faithful people of God, are to relate to those who are in opposition to God and His ways. The thing is, though, we, we often, the, the, the church wants to relate to the world. In fact, it has to relate to the world because we're, in fact, called to relate to the world the message of Jesus Christ and the liberating power of the gospel. The question, though, is how do we do that faithfully without kowtowing to the world because we want to be liked, because we want to attract certain people groups, because we want to be seen as, as somehow with it or, or, or whatever. There are a number of excuses that we make on major issues or even minor issues um, that in fact are, are driven not by a desire to proclaim the fullness of the gospel, but are in fact designed to, to appease, um, whether it happens to be a social issue of great importance. We, were talking about, we often talk about human sexuality uh, and that often we try to evade that question from time to time because we don't want to get into the big debates or something as small as, well, I don't want to have communion every Sunday because it takes too long. That's a good way of saying, well, look at that. Why? What are, the, what are the reasons behind why you don't want to meet God in the sacrament every Sunday? 
Um, and I think worship is a really good place to begin the discussion of how the church relates to the world, mainly because in many ways that's where the world engages us on a regular basis. It's when the world can actually see us gathered on Sunday mornings. Um, and the thing is, there, there are different ways in which we have to be careful with, with the question of how to relate to the church, how to relate, how the church relates to the world in worship. One is, are our worship services designed for the praise of God, or are they designed for our appeasement? Are they designed to entertain us? And if so, do they simply look like any concert that you might have gone to on Saturday night previous? The, 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 the question about worship, I think, gets to the heart of the relationship of the church and the world because it is in Christian worship that we are in fact formed by the narrative of God's redemptive work by calling the people of Israel and in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, as Harawas said over and over again. But of course, he wasn't the only person to ever talk. Hauerwas was never not the only person to talk about this relationship. You have other people like John Wesley, for instance, who related to the world in a very compassionate way, but at the same time was very intentional about the form of discipleship necessary for one to actually reach the world. We, we forget sometimes that both he and, and his brother Charles would go through the Methodist societies and they would... Um, well, they would slim the rolls. They would, they would get rid of anyone who was um, in outward sin or who had caused dissension. In fact, there's these wonderful lists of, of why they kicked out um, certain people. The, the largest number is always for laziness. And what they meant by that was somebody who didn't have the, the intentional spiritual groundedness to continue the work of what it meant to be a Methodist in the 18th century. And the reason why is because they wanted people shaped and formed by the narrative of the faith who could then go out into the world with holy lives and proclaim the message lovingly, yes, but also in its fullness. And I think that's the question that the church has to ask every time it, it, it comes across the question of the, the church's relationship to the world. How do we communicate the gospel of love, which is in fact, what it is, it's a message of overabundant love. But how do we communicate that in its authentic form, not shaped by the left or the right, but in fact shaped by the life of Jesus? <laughs>